Hi, and welcome to the Fertility Warriors podcast. I'm Robin Birkin, and I am so grateful and honored that you're here today. From my own journey with infertility and loss to becoming a mind-body practitioner and holistic fertility coach, it is my sincere hope that I can help make your journey to conceive lighter, more supported, and easier by sharing deep emotional well-being guidance, doable conception tips, and real talk about what infertility and loss looks like. I'm here with you every step of the way. Now let's begin. Hi everyone and thank you so much for joining me for this episode of the Fertility Warriors. It is my absolute pleasure to welcome to the podcast today my good friend Vanessa Gillis-Feltz. So we both got to know each other, I think it was about the middle of last year. We worked really closely together and honestly, All I can say, and I know that it's going to come across in this podcast interview, is that Vanessa has the most beautiful energy. When you listen to her voice, I know that it's going to come across. I'm part of her Facebook group, and you can see it when other people talk to her as well. They just leave with this almost like this glowing feeling. And so I don't know entirely what she talks to people about on those calls, but it must be something good. Maybe she'll share a little bit of that with us on the call today. But Vanessa, I'm so glad that we've been able to connect on the podcast today. Welcome. Robin, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. So I have found your story completely fascinating. Obviously, it's very different to my experience of being very, I don't even know what you would call my experience, being very stereotypical, you know. Uh, But so many things as we connected last year really opened my eyes to how different the conception experience really is for people who identify as being part of the LGBTQ community. Um, And before I I really want to talk in the second half of this interview about some of your like zones of genius in terms of manifestation and things like that. But before we start, can you share a little bit about your story and about how that might have looked different to what, you know, this stereotypical journey like mine looks like? Yeah, I'm so glad you brought that up too, because you're exactly right. It is, it's very different. And Mm -hmm. sometimes, you know, in the LGBTQ community, we get grouped into just, oh, if you're not getting pregnant, you're automatically, you know, infertile. Um, And it's not always like that. I mean, yes, maybe there are certain issues that come up, but it's really, it's just a totally different game that we have to play. So for my wife and I, um, you know, we just thought probably like everyone else, okay, we're ready. You know, we're just going to try and get pregnant on the first try. Yeah. Uh, and of course, you know, it didn't, didn't really happen that way for us. Um, and even like, as we, you know, continued cycle after cycle, there was so much research, you know, that we had mm. to do on our own. Um, that got really overwhelming. And, you know, when you're getting those negative cycles, it's just, it's like feeling like, okay, well, I'm in charge of this journey. Like I have to research, I have to read everything. I have to, you know, just so much stuff, even from picking out the donor, Mm. you know, making sure that, 
Um, how many vials are we supposed to buy? You know, because we yes. know eventually we want to have siblings and we would, you know, just our preference was to have biological siblings. Um, so making sure like he was still going to be available, you know, yep. to have to have vials for us to use. So there was definitely this feeling of overwhelm, mm-hmm. you know, while while we were trying to get pregnant. Um, and, you know, we were particularly lucky that the fertility doctors or the clinic that we went through, they were great. You know, yeah. we didn't have any issues of, you know, discrimination or, you know, some things that other people face. Um, mm. So that, you know, that did help, but it was still, you know, the doctors only can do so much. There was, uh, there wasn't a lot of room for like emotional support. So yeah. when we didn't get pregnant, like, okay, what do we do? What's our next step? Um, just kind of where to go from there. And did yeah, you, it's very different. I mean, I felt when we started trying to conceive, the word that came to mind as I was thinking about this yesterday, about the way that I, uh, I guess, started my journey to conceive was I was smug. I was like, this isn't no-brainer. My cycle's regular. I'm going to conceive straight away. And it was a real shock to the system <laughs> when, it, when it didn't happen for me. And so typically when people, you know, in the queer community decide that, okay, like I'm ready to conceive, if you have yeah you're exactly right you you don't have you're not going there necessarily because you have infertility you're going there because obviously the logistics of how everything works some people will choose that a fertility clinic is the right place but would you did you feel like you would conceive straight away yeah, I mean, like you said, everything was regular and I knew like how to track my ovulation. So I was like, oh, it's going to be easy peasy. And it just, yeah, it was not at all. Mm. And it was, yeah. it was very, I almost felt like that was, that was even harder. You yeah. Because you already set that expectation of no brainer, like mm-hmm. you said. And then it was so frustrating and not having uh, either the resources or just knowing that we needed something else, but not, not knowing what that even looked like. So yeah, it was super frustrating. And I hear that as well with like that same kind of feeling also resonates with a lot of people who have secondary infertility that like they assume that it went fine the first time. So why wouldn't it? And then (laughs) I see a lot of people really get thrown for six, just when you like think that it's just going to work and it doesn't. Um, and so I know that your rock bottom moment, or I, from our chats together, I feel like your rock bottom moment was fairly similar to my rock bottom moment. What was the moment that you found the hardest when you were trying to conceive? Yeah, for me, it was when we ended up getting pregnant finally. Mm-hmm. Um, well, so we had gone on, we got pregnant with our son. And then when we decided, okay, we're ready to have a sibling for him. Mm-hmm. And we were trying, same thing. We we're like doing all the same things. And that was another level of frustration. It wasn't working, wasn't working. Finally getting pregnant. Mm-hmm. And I remember, you know, saying to my wife, like, okay, good. The game is over. We did it. And then miscarrying. Yeah. That was my rock bottom moment. And I was like, what the heck? Why? I just, I didn't even know 
what to do, where to go mm-hmm. from here. It's really hard. Yeah. Um, and what did you have a moment when after you'd had that miscarriage where I guess where you had an epiphany or where you, you know, like a line in the sand moment? Yeah. You know, I always believed that um, like the universe has my back, right. As it does for everybody and really coming back to those core beliefs of, okay, if everything is happening, like there are no mistakes, um, Mm. you know, everything is to serve us in our life as a teaching moment or some type of lesson. Um, just really digging into that and just saying like, okay, universe, like I'm here, I'm surrendering what, like, give me something that I need. What are the next steps? And, you know, probably not even believing that I would receive an answer, but just kind of venting, I guess. Mm. But then really um, it was, it was like magic. I mean, within a week or two weeks, stumbling across, you know, fertility coaching, not even knowing Mm. what that was, that that was even a thing. Um, Investing with my coach, which was scary. You know, when you Mm -hmm. find something and you're like, what is this? And then you see the the price tag for something like that. But knowing that it felt so good and it felt so right and inspired Mm. um, and just receiving the, the tools, the tips, the techniques, and that completely just changed everything for me. Was there anything that you did differently or was it just in, I guess, you know, like that emotional capacity that your fertility coach helped you the most or was there something like that they really helped you with you know like at a fertility physical sense not so much in the physical sense because I I felt like I was doing you know I was checking everything off the list I was doing all the things um which is so funny because when my clients you know when people come to me uh they pretty much already know everything on that physical level they're doing everything and it's not happening which is why they're so you know upset. Um, for me, the biggest thing was mindset, mindset yeah. shifts, and you know, really, I guess connecting more with a, a spiritual side, which can be a little uncomfortable for people if they don't mm-hmm. like they hear spiritual and we automatically think religion, and it's not yeah. any religion. I always reassure people, I was like, this is not a religious thing at all. Um, the spiritual part comes from, you know, really connecting with your baby before they're here. And that is just such a beautiful journey. Yeah. And I think as well, I mean, the other thing sometimes that even though I know better (laughs) that I think about is like, it's also not dancing around in a field naked with a crown of flowers. Like, so (laughs) spiritual, I think spiritual can just mean, Oh, a lot of things, but connecting yeah. with like your intuition, connecting with into trust and surrender. Um, and I feel there's a part of me that feels like maybe you were even a step ahead in being able to believe that the universe has your back. I feel like there'd be a lot of people who would be listening who would really be feeling right now that the universe does not have their back. Um, How do you tune in 
to that? How do you start to really believe that, you know, things are still possible for you and things will just being able to trust that things will work out in life? Yeah, that's such a great question. For me, it was really just taking inventory of what my life already looked like, Mm -hmm. you know, realizing that, wow, I have not just a marriage, but a beautiful, healthy, happy marriage, you know. She sounds fucking awesome, like just so supportive. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah, she's amazing. And just, you know, that I didn't even know, you know, because they say marriage is so hard and yeah, there's definitely work involved, but us it hasn't been hard. You know, we have moments, sure, but it's just been a smooth journey um, with her. And so looking at that and being like, wow, like I didn't even know it could be that good. Um, And then looking at the other things, you know, that I had in my life, I had you know, a a reliable, nice car to take me wherever I needed to go. I had a Mm. cell phone that was, you know, technology in my hands in a second, Um, just the simple things in my life that we kind of take for granted or we don't realize like, wow, we have so much that other people don't. And so when I saw all of those things, I was like, well, why, why would I ever doubt that this, you know, baby, this family that we're dreaming of, why wouldn't it happen for us? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just today I was doing like a training model and I talked about the what is, like when you have that voice in your head that says like it's not going to happen for us, you can always just answer back and be like, but what if it does? Like yeah. <laughs> it, what if it is possible? <laughs> um yeah. And what would you say has been some of the other things that you've done on that spiritual, I guess, sense that have really been powerful for you and also powerful for your clients? Yeah, one of the things that I found has been really helpful. So as we get going with... um, you know, the, the first, one of the first things that I try to get them into is really connecting with their body, connecting with their womb, connecting with their baby, a lot of recalibrating and reconnecting because we can't we become so distant. Yeah. So disconnected from the process So just kind of recentering. Yeah. yeah. Um, but then I also love introducing manifestation, you know, because yes. one thing that I heard a lot. I was seeing this pattern of like, they get really excited. They start feeling that hope and then the kind of financial burden enters in, you know, because if you are going through a clinic, like that, that's a mm-hmm. lot of money. Um, and so just teaching them simple ways to start manifesting money that they can afford this, you know, whether they switched from ICI to IUI or IUI to IVF or even our IVF. Um, and seeing just like that they're like oh my gosh Vanessa like how is it so easy and it's you know it's just getting back into alignment that's all it is yeah um so what do you have some tips for us in terms of manifestation or some myths that um might help people feel like manifestation might be a bit easier or a bit more possible for them Yeah, I would say one of the myths is that it's not just having 
a wish and then sitting on your couch, wishing it to come in your way. So it's not, oh gosh, okay. I'm wishing for, um, let's see. So I had people that have manifested a new home. Mm -hmm. They're just hanging out in their living room, relaxing. I'm like, I'm wishing for the new home. I'm seeing it happen. It's not happening. What's going on, Vanessa? And I'm like, okay, that's good. It starts with the, the vision and the desire, but we have to take that inspired action. So make the, you know, see it happening. Yes. And then listen to what, like, how do you put it into action? You got to move your feet. You got to do something. Is it starting to make some calls? Is it looking at certain websites that maybe you forgot about, you know, real, uh, real estate websites? Um, you know, there, there's just that inspired action that people forget. <laughs> That's one of the biggest things. Ah, sorry to interrupt. I just wanted to quickly jump in and express how grateful I am that you're here today. Just to let you know that if you'd like more emotional well-being, resilience and conception tips to check out my programs and services, you can find me on my website at robinberkin.com or on Instagram at robinberkin. All right, let's get back to it. And I think from a very practical sense, like if even if you don't believe any of the woo-woo, like I say to people always say to me, can you make negative thoughts come true? And I'm like, well, not just by having a negative thought because negative thoughts are a human thing. I'm like, but that sometimes the negative thoughts and the negative beliefs impact the actions yeah. that we take. Yes. And so it's, it's not about just having thoughts or just having negative right. thoughts. So like you have, it's about the action that you take as a result of the thoughts that you have. Um, and if we call it back to money, I guess, it's about like a, a, a big, huge change that I've had probably in the last decade is this real sense of money is a renewable resource. Yes, so absolutely. Why I, and, I'm, and I also have a little bit of this like YOLO energy <laughs> that I have no fear about investing in things that are really going to improve my quality of life. Um, but, you know, same thing, I guess, if you want to improve your quality of life, what are you doing to help yourself improve your quality of life? If you want to, I don't know, win lotto, are you actually buying lotto tickets? <laughs> like <laughs> it actually matters. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I love what you said too about money being a renewable resource. Um, thing that I find that has really helped me get kind of, I don't know, more very visual. Like I have to see things. Okay. And so like going out when you go out in nature and you see, you know, all these trees or all of these flowers, there, there's an abundance of flowers. There's an abundance of trees. There's an abundance of all the beauty around you. And so money is no different, right? It's, it's just all around you. It's if you, it's what you choose to put your focus and energy on. Mm -hmm. That's the big thing about it. Do you have to believe all the time? Like, so for example, everybody here probably listening, the thing they want is a baby. So we've just talked about, you can't just go to bed every night and be like, Dear God, please give me a baby. Come on, just give me yeah. like, universe, give me a baby, whatever you want to right. pray to. It's not about that. It's about like, are you addressing your fears? Uh, if there's mm -hmm. something going on for you, are you taking the next step to get testing and, you know, to keep moving yourself forward and keep 
reframing. But do you have to believe all of the time and have this, you know, like unwavering belief that it, it's going to happen? I would say definitely not. Because, yeah. I mean, and that's just, you know, maybe that's my personality. But um, if you look at any area of your life, you know, there has to be a balance. Yeah. Um, let's take uh, dieting, for example. You know, it's not about eating the, you know, every single meal, every single snack, having it be, you know, totally perfectly healthy. It's about what you're doing most of the time. Yes. And so, you know, for my clients, like, you know, when, when they find me, yeah, their, their beliefs and their thoughts are really um, overwhelming and mm. kind of from, I don't want to even say negative, but, you know, just sad and very scarcity, you know, that mm. scarcity mindset. Mm. And so we immediately address, okay, what are those limiting beliefs? What are those fears? What are those worries? And we have to really peel them back layer by layer, because until we shine a light on it, until we look at it, they're just going to stay there, right? They're not going to go away. So we have to really take a good look at that, peel back those layers so we can start, you know, healing those, shifting those. And that's when you move into like, well, gosh, okay, now I'm feeling, um, not more positive, but I'm, I'm, my thoughts are better most of the time. You can see yeah. that shift in their perspective. That's what we're looking for. Yeah, because sometimes fears masquerade as facts. Um, can you give me an example of like one fear that you come across quite regularly and what you might do to start reframing that fear? Yeah, so there's been, I've seen lately a lot uh, around donors. There's a lot of fear about picking. I have to mm-hmm. pick the perfect donor. Yeah. So when they start looking at donors, uh, again, there's all this pressure that we start mm-hmm. to put on ourselves. We have to find the right one, right? Because there's such an investment, you know, we're paying yeah. over a thousand dollars a vial. So we got to get it right. And then- they find their kind of dream donor. Mm-hmm. And guess what? He turns out to be CMB positive and my clients are CMB negative. Well, that's heartbreaking because mm. what the heck, you know, we finally found this one and now he's not available or they find it and they go to place their order. He's sold out before they can get any vials. Yeah. Um, so that's, I feel like that's been a big one lately. Um, so what, you know, I always go to one of my favorite affirmations is this or something better, right? This or something better. So, okay, thank you universe for removing this donor from our path because he was not the one for us at this moment. But we know something better is coming along. And just even saying it, even if you don't believe it, that's okay because we are, it's like we're motivating ourselves to get into a better mindset. And just recently I had these clients, um, they were heartbroken that they're, their donor just, it wasn't a good genetic match for them based on their testing. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, the same thing, taking that inspired action, they felt this need to check out a cryobank that they kind of forgotten about uh, and turned out they had a donor 
who was Greek and that, you know, for anyone who's ever tried to look for a Greek donor, they very, that's probably the most limited supply of donors. Well, uh, who knew, well, right? Right. What, uh, <laughs> who knew? I wonder why. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I don't know if it's a, a religion. I think it maybe is some religious thing that they're not supposed to uh, oh. donate their sperm. Gotcha. And so if you want a Greek donor, um, it can be it can be a little more work. Mm-hmm. Um, and so anyway, they found their Greek donor and they were just over the moon. And they were like, Vanessa had, you know, the other one not, if it didn't work out, like we would have never found this one. This is so much better. And it's just, yeah. you know, that's the thing that I see time and time again so I just pinch myself because I'm like this is amazing I get to do this and help people in this way this or something better I love that and I mean it's not like you can change your current circumstance (laughs) is it right yeah but it also but um, you know when we're talking about action it it just gets you into that more of a problem solving mindset rather than that fixed I guess, like victimhood mindset, because there's nothing you can really do when you're stuck in this other mindset. Whereas if we can start to tune into, okay, this is fixable, this or something better, right? We can start to say, okay, well, what what kind of action can I take to then uh, get myself there? We cannot solve the, uh, there was a great quote that I heard one time, you know, for those who like really believe in energy or feel energy, that we cannot solve a problem at the energy that it exists at. So, you know, when we have these challenges and we're stuck in this kind of lower vibration, we have to kind of bump ourselves up a little bit to see clearly what the next best step is for us. And it's just uh, so refreshing when we can look at it from that point of view. Yeah. Now, something else that you do, and you would think that may being in fertility circles for several years now, I would know more about this. I actually don't know a lot about communicating with your spirit baby. I'm sure that I connected at some level, at least with my body and things like that. But can you talk to me a little bit more about, just like right from the start, what is even just connecting with your spirit baby? Yeah. So connecting is just, I always start it as like daydreaming, you know, because people say, I don't even know what that means. So I say, okay, have you ever had a daydream about your little one? Like what life is going to look like with okay. them? And so right away they're like, oh, well, of course. And I say, okay, well, what do you see? And gotcha. I say, oh, I see um, a little boy. He has overalls and he's playing with his trucks. And I'm like, that's you connecting with your baby and oh I definitely do that so I call it visualization okay so yeah yes okay okay yes yes okay keep going keep going sorry it's clicking and so (laughs) and so it's just really um because I think people have all these you know different ideas of like what does that mean is that scary and is that okay to do that and so it's really you know it starts as like a daydream Mm-hmm. Um, or especially like if you've ever, you know, when you go to bed and you have a dream about your baby, you know, yes. and it's like, oh, um, sometimes people have the most beautiful, just the sweetest dreams and they wake up and they say, oh, but that wasn't real. That was just me. I'm just, you know, that's just me making it up. That, that's not my baby communicating and really yeah. giving yourself permission 
to let it be communication, yeah. you know, yes. having to, to slap it down and all of these things and make it wrong or, or incorrect. Um, but I would say that is connecting in the most basic form. I love that you so said much that. More. I love that you said that because yeah, I used to have, and I still rem- I remember it so vividly that I used to always like just think about and connect with this vision of me like walking along kind of like a cobblestone path holding the hand of a young little girl. Mm. And I used I used to visualize this all the time. And like I guess I really was connecting with my spirit baby because I always used to tune into that vision, right? Mm. And it, it, the interesting thing is that both times when I was pregnant, there was a part of me that was like, I'm going to have a boy. Both I've got two girls, everyone. Both times I've had a girl. And both times when that's happened, I've been like, oh, and then thought about that vision of walking along the street with a little girl and thinking, of course, it's a girl. Like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, there's um. so I've had, you know, people say the same thing. They're like, well, I thought I was having a boy, but I had a girl or, what, you know, vice versa. And you know, one thing I always say is there are trillions, and I, my personal belief, there are trillions and trillions of souls available. Um, like that movie. And some, yeah, and so some choose to incarnate and some choose to not. Or, you know, it's just in the, to me, like a soul has no gender. Mm-hmm. Um, again, my personal belief. And so, you know, maybe you were connecting with the baby boy and he just chose maybe this wasn't, his time to come through. Yeah. Um, maybe he chose to be one of your spirit guides instead of actually, you know, coming through at this time. Yeah. And I still, it just like life feels better though when you believe in things like that. And when you can even just consider the possibility that things like that might be available absolutely mm. you need something like that and it gives so much comfort once you start to to learn the ways to tune in oh my goodness that's when that's when everything changes because even if so what you get another negative cycle right you have this relationship that you're already cultivating and nurturing and oh my goodness that just helps so much healing and peace to your heart um that's probably made a huge difference for a lot of people Mm. is there anything else that you wanted to share with our audience uh any other tips or any other myths even um that would leave our audience today feeling like you know they had some really helpful information from you yeah i would say you know with I don't know. I'm, my big thing is just connecting with baby. And mm. if you have any inkling, any feeling around it that you're like, oh gosh, I'm so intrigued, but I'm afraid. That's, I hear that a lot. I'm intrigued, but I'm afraid. I'm afraid yeah. I'm going to do something wrong. I'm afraid I'm going to mess it up. Yeah. Just be open. Give yourself permission to be open and just try it there's nothing wrong that you can do 
even one thing I, an exercise I give my clients is to address baby by name. You know, if you have a name picked out, say their name out loud or even come up with a a little nickname for them. What do you think a good nickname would be that they like? And so calling them by name, inviting them to come visit you in your dreams, you know, that seems very gentle for a lot of people. They're like, okay, I can get behind that. Um, But just, yeah, just giving yourself permission to, to make that, that connection. Mm. Um, It's so, uh, so incredibly powerful. Oh, I could listen to you here all, like speak all day long. Um, just that I don't know what it is, but the way that you speak, it like there's an energy about it. So before we go on to our speed round, though, Vanessa, will you please let everyone know where they can find you, what it is that you do, all of that kind of stuff, and then we'll do our speed yes. round. Yeah, so please join my free Facebook group. It's LGBTQ, Trying to Conceive, Pregnancy and Fertility. And you can send me an email if you want to connect, uh, Vanessa at QueerFertility.co. Love it. Um, And Vanessa is also going to be, is also part of our Feel Better Weekend. So if you didn't sign up for that or if you haven't signed up for that, then make sure you go to the Feel Better Weekend and check that out. So it's time for our speed round. Are you ready? All right, let's do it. Do you have a favourite quote or affirmation? This or something better. This or something better. Let it just seep into every cell of your body. This or something better. Do you have a book that you recommend everyone reads? So there are two. I couldn't just pick one. That's it. Uh, for, the, for the spirit baby connection, um, what all spirit babies want their mamas to know. That's by Kate Street. That's a good okay. one. Very easy, quick read. Uh, another one in terms of manifestation is The Game of Life and How to Play It by Florence Scoble Shin. My two favorites. Cool. I've never heard of that one. Um, and I think I want to read it. Uh, do you have a message or that you wish that you could just scream from the rooftop, something that you just wish everyone could hear? Yes. Don't be afraid to connect with your baby to be. Like, please don't underestimate how life-changing, honestly, it is life-changing when you make that connection. And don't be afraid. Just dive right in. It's amazing. Vanessa, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been a pleasure and I'm so, 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 so glad that we have finally been able to connect and get you onto the podcast. Thank you so much, Robin. Thank you so much for joining us here at the Fertility Warriors. We'll meet you again same time next week. Before you go, though, if you do need some further support, then we encourage you to come and join us at the Mind Body Fertility Reset, the ultimate community for anyone who would like to conquer stress and fuel their fertility. In the Mind Body Fertility Reset, we focus on some of the big pillars to fertility awesomeness. That is community and support, having community there to lift you up and to carry you through your hard times sustainable and small steps lifestyle support helping you conquer your diet goals your movement goals cut out toxins and enjoy food and becoming your best and healthiest self in a small steps and sustainable way and lastly and what i think is most importantly 
emotional well-being. Infertility and trying to conceive can be an incredibly hard journey. And it's really hard when we haven't learned the skills through school and through other avenues to help support ourselves through really hard times. So in the Mind Body Fertility Reset community, we go through all of these things to help you become your best and healthiest self and thrive despite this journey. To find out more, visit us at robinburkin.com slash mindbodyfertilityreset. And lastly, we need to let you know that any of the information contained in this podcast is for inspirational and educational purposes only. It doesn't substitute advice from a qualified medical professional or mental health expert. Please know that there is no shame ever getting more help when you need it and to always consult with your medical professional before taking on any changes to your journey. Wishing you all the best and cannot wait to catch you next week. Bye.